Once upon a time, today's woman of impact declared she did not want to start her own company. Just the idea of running her own business was petrifying to her. Well, this is the same woman that decades later became one of the most accomplished talent and brand managers in the world. And yes, you guessed it, she now runs her own business. Beginning her career as an entry-level associate for the NFL, she put the pedal to the metal and worked her way up to corporate sponsorships, special events, and sports management, giving her the opportunity to work with the world's most prestigious athletes and celebrities. But just like the boulder in Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark, once she got going, there was no stopping her. After leaving the NFL, she joined the high-profile talent management company, The Firm, where she busted her butt, earned her stripes, and as a result, found herself in the doghouse. Snoop Dogg's house, that is. Overseeing his career, she rapidly elevated his visibility through endorsements, a clothing line, and securing his very own reality show on E! Yep, it was safe to say she was sitting on top of the mountain until she saw a taller one. And as the queen of progress, she knew she just had to climb it. So she partnered up with her longtime friend and Hall of Famer, Michael Strahan. And like with any startup, they bootstrapped their expenses and created Smack, a multidimensional talent management, music branding and production company that represents clients from superstar Wiz Khalifa to sports legend, Tony Gonzalez. Smack is also blazing a fiery trail by spearheading a slew of content, from the documentary Play It Forward, which opened the 2015 Tribeca Film Festival, to the $100,000 pyramid for ABC, as well as partnering with HBO, DirecTV, NFL Network, Showtime, and E! on upcoming projects. So please, help me in welcoming a woman who is brave enough to yell back at Super Bowl giant Lawrence Taylor in the middle of a cafeteria, a woman who is brave enough to slam her hands down on the boardroom table to get Snoop Dogg's attention, and a woman who is brave enough to just be unstoppable. The remarkable Constance Schwartz Marini. I mean, what else is there to say? I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to have you start writing all of our bios and like, Dumb the universe. Girl. Oh my God, thank you. But dude, like you've done all that. Going through your story, the thing that just like hit me the most is how much courage you've had to embody to really kind of get to that next level in life. And I want to start with a quote that I have. Okay. Um, so... Your boss, I guess, said to you, how am I going to send a secretary to meet the president of our biggest sponsor? And you responded, good luck figuring out how to make the deal work then. And you walked out. It's incredible what you've had to stand up to and have the courage to do. How do you do that? I think it was my upbringing. You know, I grew up in a city, uh, Yonkers, New York, which is about 30 minutes outside of New York, New York City. And it's in Westchester County, which Westchester County is a very upscale county except for Yonkers. So I, I think I just always had this chip on my shoulder. Like I wasn't from Scarsdale. I was from Yonkers. Then I went to a state school. I went to SUNY Oswego, which was State University of New York at Oswego, which was 30 miles north of Syracuse, like a very, very amazing, you know, proper college, like university. So when I got out of college, it was like, oh, like all these Syracuse grads are going to get the jobs like the state university kids aren't. So I just always had, I think, this attitude of I've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. And it just mm -hmm. kind of carried forward. And my mom, who's 93, um, God bless her, still healthy and, you know, very involved in my life and very active. She just always pushed me and pushed me and single mom, you know, raised me. And there was never um, if you can do it. It was when you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. If you want something, you claim it. You know, so she just really instilled in me this 
I guess it's confidence because I sometimes think I don't have it, but I guess she really did instill this confidence in me that it's like go after something because the worst thing that can happen is you don't get it. Right, and it was that how you felt in those moments where someone, let's say, maybe um, disrespecting you, or you feel? Did you feel disrespected in that moment? Actually? Oh my gosh! I mean, I still get disrespected, and it is what it is. And all those moments do is just put the battery in my back and make me fight harder and try harder and prove myself and also try to pay it forward, you know, to the, those coming behind me. Mm, yeah. Um, is it, oh God, what is it called? The, the sperm club? Yeah. <laughs> the lucky sperm yeah. club. Um, and you weren't, like, I guess, technically allowed to be in it. So um, I, I've heard you say that you actually then worked 10 times harder because if you weren't in that club, you had to get noticed elsewhere. How does that not make you resentful towards um, the job, your boss, and, um, yeah, your position of what you're doing? Life's about choices, you know, and, and we even say it, you know, as my mom's gotten older and her siblings, you know, you can grow old and be angry about it and be cranky about it, or you can grow old and be graceful and appreciate all the experiences that you've had. And mm-hmm. in those moments, don't get me wrong, like I am far from zen and, you know, you know, peaceful and paying it forward and saying it's okay and Wusa, I'd get pissed, you know, and it's like, but instead of taking it out on the person who is, you know, disrespecting me, mm-hmm. it was how can I prove myself so they're not, they're going to have to respect me. I needed to earn their respect. I always mm-hmm. say like, you're, as a woman, you're not necessarily going to be invited to sit at the table. Mm-hmm. You have to take your place. You have to command it. And, you know, even when I first started managing Snoop, you know, um, I think there was probably three or four other women that were managers in hip hop. And so, you know, walking into that world was just completely uncharted territory. And again, it was like, eye on the prize. As long as my client, you know, has my back and he's going to respect me, I'm good. And, and sure enough, he did. And, you know, let me do my thing. And also, I think probably after a while, started laughing at the guys that completely were ignoring me, thinking that I was, you know, just one of the junior people, couldn't make decisions, wasn't in charge. And he, I would definitely catch him, like, laughing as these guys just bumbled their way through and insulted me. And then he was like, that's the person you have to go get the answers from. So you just learn from it, laugh about it. And again, just put the battery in your back and make you just earn their respect. Amazing. All right. So take me to that moment where um, Snoop Dogg's in the room. At this point, you're not managing him, correct? I'm not a manager, no. When I left the NFL and I went to the firm, I was uh, doing strategic marketing and branding. And so when Snoop came on board... It was my job to, again, marketing and, and things like that. And he's in the room and he's got his, his film agent, I mean, film managers, TV managers, somebody from touring from the radio department. I mean, literally 10 people at the company, plus um, a couple, I think there's about four or five people from his camp, secure, like four security guards. I mean, the room is packed. And, you know, he walks in, and I love telling the story in front of him because he just cracks up, um, but he's got this purple fur coat on. I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> he sits at the head of this huge conference room table, and he looks at all of us, and then he turns around and starts looking out the window. And so people are literally trying to have a serious conversation. He's with us, I don't even know, maybe a month, and he's in there to, like, go through everything. What do you want to do TV-wise, touring-wise, album-wise? Like, but check every box, and I'm there to talk about marketing and branding and endorsements and things like that. And he again, out the window. So I just was like, hey, hey, like we're busy too. 
turn around. Like, if you want to hear what we have to say, then at least turn around and listen to us because we can all go back to our offices and work with clients that want to work with us. And it was like this moment where he was like, and I was like, because again, I have nothing to lose. I'm not trying to be a manager. I'm especially not trying to be, you know, this gangster rapper's manager. <laughs> and from that moment on, I mean, we just have a very special bond. Um, he and his wife, I mean, still two of my closest friends. I saw the world with him and it's experiences I'm so grateful for and I'll never get back. And um, there's no one like him. There's no one like him. And uh, really, really, I'm lucky. That's amazing. Um, do you think that you're lucky? Because literally just in the story that you said, it didn't seem like luck. It seemed like everyone else was staying quiet and you were the one that actually stepped out of your comfort zone to like get the job done. I think it's the girl in the Yonkers. What is it? You can take the girl out of Yonkers. You can't, you can't take, take the, the Yonkers, Yonkers out of, out of girl. girl. <laughs> I, I, I just have um, so much of it. I think is it's instinctual. It's my gut. When I say lucky, it's, it's maybe lucky to have the wherewithal to pave the right. way. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I've had failures, you know, um, had bad business deals. But, you know, every single time it was like, okay, there's no crying here. Like, let's just get it together. And if it is a cry, it's going to be a five-minute cry. But it's, it's a mad cry because, you know, as women, we're not supposed to cry. But we have different hormones than men. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the times when the tears come, they're mad tears. And then I get even more mad because I'm crying. So you start crying even harder. And then the snot's coming and you're <laughs> spitting. And then I'm looking in the mirror yelling at myself, like, get it together, you know, you P word and yeah. get back in there and, and stuff. So it's, we're human. And you find that that type of talk to yourself gets you where you want to go because I'm actually on the same band camp as you. Like sometimes I'm just, I, I talk mean to myself <laughs> as a way to empower myself. It's not to demean me. It's mm -mm. not for me to feel even shitty it really is to say like no you get up off your ass mm -hmm. you can do this but a lot of people find that destructive actually of the, the self but you're well, I'm not a coddler yeah. you know even with my clients I mean you can I mean you know Tony Gonzalez you yeah. know Michael Strahan if they're going out a live television show and audition um I mean pardon my language I'm like don't fuck it up and they're like what I'm like don't fuck it up I don't say like break a leg yeah. and good luck. They've got plenty of other people that, I mean, I play golf and when we get out on the golf course, my husband pulls the caddy aside or the people we're playing with. He said, look, I just want to apologize in advance for some of the language. And they pat him on the back. They're like, it's okay, bro. And he's like, no, 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 not me. He goes, the little one over there. He's like, she's got the filthiest mouth. And that's it. Like, I miss a putt. I'm cussing myself out. It's not for everybody. It's yeah. far from everybody. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I love to find out what works for each people, for mm -hmm. each individual. And I think that even with society now, like, we kind of go through these... Um, these fads, right, of like, okay, like, grind, do what you have to, like, even if it's detrimental to your health, go, 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 go. And now there's that, this complete shift that I've noticed that is now about self-love. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, it doesn't matter what, you have to love yourself. And for me, I'm like, whatever works. Like, right. if you have to love yourself to get where you want to go, then you absolutely should. You need to work on that maybe negative voice. Mm -hmm. But man, there are people, clearly like me and you, that sometimes that just serves me. But I think, we do love ourselves. Right. And it is self-love. Right. But that's just what works for us. Now, I don't treat my staff like that. You know, if, if someone comes okay. in and, you know, I take more of the big sister, you know, mm -hmm. approach to it. And if there are tears, I'm hugging and I'm trying to get them through it and allow that to happen. It just doesn't work for me. Right. You right. know? Yeah. I mean, I'm so, like, for all 
the, the disrespectful moments or, you know, the times where as an assistant, the, guy, the lucky sperm club came in over me or just I got passed over for things. I'm glad all of that happened to me because I don't want anyone that's ever sitting in the assistant seat to feel the way I did, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I'm very upfront. Like, look, you're going to have to do the annoying admin stuff. You're going to have to go get us the Starbucks. But, I mean, just yesterday, I was cleaning up the kitchen. You know what I mean? So it's not like, oh, only you guys do that. Mm-hmm. We all do it. And that's our ethos for the whole company. Um, how do you deal then? Because you meant, mentioned a few times now that you have, of course, experienced that type of um, you know, stigma of, oh, well, you're a woman, so you can't make decisions. Is there a moment where you're like, this was the worst moment that I had to emotionally overcome? Yes. Um, so I was very lucky. I had two, my first bosses, one was a woman. And I'm still very close to her to this day. Um, she took the time to teach. She said, the more you can do, I'm going to let you do it. You know, her rules are the rules that I pass on to everyone that comes to SMAC. But there was someone else that I didn't get along so well with. And, you know, something had happened yet again. And he broke me. Like, I I reached that point and I just lost it. And I'm in the bathroom hysterical. And not the mean cry. This was, I'm broken and I'm crying hysterically. And Maureen comes in. And she said, is this your future? Do you see your future here at the NFL? And like, you know, through the real tears, not the tough tears, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, I do. She said, this moment is going to pass. She said, it's a pimple on your ass. She said, you're going to look back on this and you're going to laugh about it and say, I can't believe I let this person get to me. She said, don't even think twice about it. She said, if this is your future, don't ever let an asshole stand in your way of your career. And that was the pivotal moment for me. And it's true. I look back now, and at the, at the time, it was like, there's no getting out of this. I'm going to have to leave. But, you know, fast forward now, made me tougher. And it yeah. also taught me what not to do. How often do you think back to that guy then? Oh, a lot. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You use it to motivate yourself? Oh, yeah. And I also use it for teaching lessons. Yeah. You know. So you teach it to other people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how not to treat people. Right, yeah. Um, in your company, Smack, you guys don't have any titles, right? We don't. Yeah, so talk to me about that. I found that so fascinating. It goes back to that moment you referenced when, you know, my boss said, how can I let a newly promoted secretary go, you know, update the president, the sponsor of the event? And I just remember feeling this big. And my whole attitude is if... I'm sending someone from my team into a meeting to represent Michael and me. Who are you to judge them or Mm. how the meeting's going to go by their title? Mm. If they're in the room, that should say enough. So that's why we do it. That's awesome. So take me through. So you've made a lot of transitions from the NFL to the firm to SMAC. Um, What pushed you to want to evolve to that next level? And how could you trust that was the right decision to make? I think everything was different. You know, when I left the NFL, it was, it was a tough decision to make. Mm-hmm. I'd been getting, you know, inquiries over the years because I was doing so much in the entertainment space. So a lot of times people are like, look, you know, the NFL, I still work very closely with them. To me, I still believe they're one of the best branding companies in the world. And I've learned so much. You know, no MBA would have taught me what I learned there. Mm-hmm. But I also you know, felt like when you start out as an assistant at any company, it's really hard to make the jump to the executive level. Mm -hmm. And I was um, on a good track. I mean, I left there as a director, which is a vice president at other companies. And 
honestly, what happened, I just got an offer I, I couldn't refuse. It was, um, you know, come in, you've got a clean slate, take everything you learned in the branding and marketing space, bring it here, and we're going to double your salary and give you a staff. So, Wow. Did you have <laughs> any fear at all then? Or it was like, it's a no-brainer. No, I had fear. Yeah. I mean, I have fear every day, you know, just different fears. Okay. Um, but it was, and look, it, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. I think after about a month there, I realized being at a record company wasn't for me just okay. because it was so opposite of the corporate mm -hmm. structure of the NFL. And a friend of mine, you know, from the record business was like, you were five years too early for the branding and strategic marketing of it all. Yeah, so, God, there's so much there. So, um, <laughs> you, so, yeah. so, first of all, so you leave the NFL to do this, and a month later you realize that was a mistake. How do you process that? Because that can really damage people to ever take another risk. But clearly that didn't ever stop you. Gosh, the way you dissect this, I, I'm like, I, wow. <laughs> I just knew I had to give it my all, and mm -hmm. in my mind that was a year. Right. So I knew I had the next 11 months to make my mark, try to have success, didn't know where I was going to go. And honestly, 9-11 um, happened. Mm -hmm. And one of my best friends lost her husband. And it just really, it's, you know, to this day, it, it just, that moment in time, I think, sticks with all of us. But for me especially, I was like, wow, like, life is short. And you got to take chances. And so I think it was pretty much... A week later, I said to everybody, I'm leaving and moving to Los Angeles. And they were like, what? Like, you bleed New York. Like, you know, you, you basically have, like, Yankees betting in your, <laughs> your room, you know? And I, I just, like, just after experiencing what just, you know, the world experience, I was like, i got to take a chance. If I hate it, I'll figure it out and I'll come back. And so that was how the firm happened. Mm -hmm. I love that, like, well, what's the worst case that can happen? And, like, people fear so much until you ask them that question. And they're like, hmm. Yeah, I guess I could go back. Um, so the other part of what you said that I loved, so you said you were about five years too early with brands. Now, that is such a big thing these days, right? <clears throat> like, influencers <laughs> and brands go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So to think back that you were a very early adopter. Now, at the time, it didn't really work out, right? Because you said you were too early. So I found it fascinating to look at and think about how do you know when something's just too early or when something's a bad idea? Well, that's a really good question. Um, at that time, I thought it was a bad idea. Really? Because how would I know that the right. artists were going to end yeah. up, yeah. you know, coming around to it? Hmm. You know, I tell the story. Uh, I worked with a sneaker company to have them sponsor this artist's release week, which this is when CDs still sold millions of copies. Like, you have to remember, you right. know, it's like 2001. And the artist showed up at the release party wearing the competitor's sneaker. And I said, what are you doing? And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, you got to wear the other brand's sneaker. He's like, but they're not cool. I go, okay, then let's give them back their million dollars that just covered your, week, your release week. And they're like, I'm like, yeah, put these on. And that for me was when I'm like, I'm done. Like, I knew it. Like, that was literally, I left a month later. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I was like... It was a bad idea. Yeah. Not that I was too early, it was a bad idea. And that's the thing, because sometimes when you look at something like that, where it's like, it clearly wasn't a bad idea, it clearly was like paving the way right. for every influencer mm -hmm. and brand now. Um, and I kind of, I like to think about the new people that haven't had that failure, right, come into the world going, oh, here's a great idea. But then you've got people that, let's say yourself, that tried it and you're like, it doesn't work. How do you avoid being then dogmatic about things that you've tried before and not working? What is it when you 
when you keep doing the same thing over and over again. The like definition a, of insanity. Again, yeah. You know, so I think sometimes maybe it's a little bit of insanity. Um, I mean, the TV business is insanity. I mean, what's the process? You go in and you pitch the idea and maybe they're going to buy it and maybe not. Like, that's insanity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we all keep doing yeah. it, right? Until someone can figure out, you know, a, a better process. So it's, um, it's a little bit of the insanity and then it's a little bit, I think, of just finally being pragmatic and realistic and saying, you know what, we've tried this every which way mm. and it's just, there, there's no way we're going to make it work. And I hate giving up. I mean, there's so many, you know, great show ideas that we've taken out that we get turned down. And I'm like, you know what, I still really believe in this. Like, is this something that we should self-fund and, mm. and just take it out? Um, you know, I mean, look, we have a clothing line. Um, Michael Strahan has a clothing line that uh, is exclusively sold at JCPenney right now. It's doing very well. Congratulations. Thank you. Especially incredible. in this climate, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but when we first launched it, it was for men's fine tailoring. And we were told, well, you guys can only do the suits. You know, that's what's selling. I said, but he goes to work every day in athleisure. He's not going to work in his suits. He's putting them on. At the end of the show... He's taking his suit off and putting his athleisure back on. It's authentic to his brand. Mm -hmm. And they told us no. They told us no. And after, I think, about a year and a half, we got a maybe. And then another couple months later, we got the yes. And it's in over 500 doors. It's doing really well. So I guess that's really where the difference is, I think. When it's something maybe we can control a little bit mm -hmm. more, that's when we know to push forward and be dogmatic about it and not give up. Right. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's so hard to know. Like, giving up sometimes is the best thing you can do. Right. But if you've got, you know, an um, A-type personality like yourself, where it's like, you go, 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 you look for the success, you want that win, um, it's sometimes hard to see, like, when to let go <clears throat> and when not to. A lot of it, too, for us, is we're a small company. We're mm -hmm. 16 people. So we, there's a certain amount of bandwidth. The stuff you're doing with just 16 people is insane. That's insanity. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I, you know, so for us, a lot of times, the team will come with these great ideas. I say, okay, if this is going to take you off the revenue-generating projects to go do this, mm. how are you going to balance your time? And, yeah. look, I would love to represent more people. Like, we have such a great time doing it, but we just don't have the bandwidth and I never want to bring someone into the company that I can't get right back to. Like, that's always what we say. Like, if I can't call you right back, it's, it's, it's a bad day. Yeah. Because um, you treat them like your family, yeah. right? How important is that to you? It's very important. You know, I think just even, not just our clients, but our staff, you know, our team. Um, we started doing company retreats, you know, which was exciting. Oh. We travel together. You know, my New York team stays in our house in California and, and vice versa. The team stays in the apartment in New York. Thank God I have a very understanding husband. Yeah, I know. You know, when people are like, do you regret not having children? I'm like, I have a lot of children. They just didn't come out of my vagina. Yeah. <laughs> and it's they're old. A couple of them, I always say, I send them a note and I go, can you thank your mother and father for me? Because they did a great job raising you and they handed you off to me just at the right time. That's so. amazing. I love that. How much do you love nurturing in them? Most of the time, a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's fun for me. I think, you know... I, in my mind, I have a young spirit and a young soul. I think, you know, the birth date is, is on paper. So it's fun, and, and they keep me young. Like, I'm not going out to the club. I'm not shopping, you know, and checking out Hypebeast and, like, all these different websites and blogs. Like, they're doing that, mm -hmm. and they'll come back to me and say, this is what's happening, this is cool, oh, and right. come do this. And 
I, I also have fun when we actually do go out and I can turn up and out party all of them. So that's like you amazing. Just, you know, you bust that out only about once a year. Yeah. But. Do you have any trouble then kind of like them being your family, nurturing these kids, you know, taking care of them, but then also being the boss and putting your foot down. And, you know, I'm sure there are moments where they just disagree with you and you have to be the one in, um, in charge. Do you, how do you handle that duality? For me, it's like, look, we can have fun, but business is business. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was in a meeting last week with one of them who is my, one of my superstars. And I literally had to cut her off in the middle of the meeting. And afterwards, I apologized. And I said, look, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you were going down the wrong path. And I needed to reel it in before it kind of sabotaged where we were going to go with this one project. Mm -hmm. like, no, I get it. I get it. And it, it, I think it just, again, goes back to when I was coming up in the business no one wants to be talked down to. You know, like, there's a huge difference between constructive criticism, disagreements, reprimanding somebody, and talking down to people. Mm -hmm. And so we just don't have it. I mean, I've had people that we've let go because I'll walk by and hear them berating somebody. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, mm -hmm. if, if we don't do that, like, what are you doing? You don't hear Michael doing that. You can be strong. You can be firm. You can stand up for what's right without going to a dark side. Yeah, I love that. You have a quote that says you, you need to earn respect and command it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was, I was, one of my questions was, how do you do both? But If I could explain it, I'd write a book. Yeah. I don't, you know, so much of it is just a lot of... Instincts? Everything's instincts mm -hmm. and gut for me, you know. Um, I love, you know, meeting people that have their MBAs and hearing the science behind things because I don't... I didn't have that, you know, it's like for me, it's just kind of figured out as we go. But when I don't know something, I ask. I think that's a really important trait for any successful business person is you can't know everything. You just can't. Um, so we surround ourselves with really smart people. We've got great lawyers. We've got great agents. I've got great teammates, you know, that work with us that if I don't know something, I ask. And I think that's an important, important thing for us all to do. It is so important, but you find that people, especially the more successful they get, the less they want to appear to be weak or unknowledgeable. So you won't find a lot of people, especially in this industry, that's willing to open themselves up mm -hmm. to do that. Um, does that come naturally to you or was that something you had to... I think I had to learn as I got older. Really? Yeah, yeah. As I got older and was able to find good mentors, you know, when I moved out here, mm -hmm. I drank it in, you know. And to this day, I mean, there's still a great team of people that some are retired, you know, some are still in the business. But, I, hey, what do I do here? I just don't know how to handle this one. And, you know, having Michael as my partner, I mean, best friend, partner, Talk about disagreeing. I mean, we just—you saw it. Yes. I mean, <laughs> it's so amazing seeing you guys together. You're like brother and sister. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's twenty something years there, and we definitely don't always agree, but we'll get there. Yeah. You know, and we've learned a lot together. You know, when when we started the company, you know, he just retired. He had a failed sitcom. A lot of times, people wanted to take meetings with him just because he won a Super Bowl and was this, you know, larger-than-life, you know, retired New York Giants football player. But we got no's. I mean, we still get no's, you know. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the defeats make you humble, hmm. you know. It's like you just get the no's, and you're just like, okay, like, now we want to prove to them that we can win. I really hope people hear that because in the moment of defeat, 
you don't feel like that, right? You don't see the end of the tunnel. You don't see the sunshine through the clouds. You kind of just think that like, oh, I'm, I'm defeated. Um, but a defeat, a defeat does not mean that you are defeated. Like you said, it's like you really can um, see like the blessing in it and like how it can actually serve you. I love that. And don't get me wrong, in the moment, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for being, I love that. Oh my gosh, <clears throat> like I just remember, you know, I was um, in between jobs, like figuring out what I was going to do. And that, that's kind of how, how I ended up starting the company. And it was the first time, you know, since I graduated college that I wasn't going 24-7, that I wasn't traveling and really didn't know what I was, was going to do. And I just was sitting there and I was with my college friends. It was like a reunion and we were all like at a, my friend's, um, parents' house on a lake in Vermont, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and they're all mad at me, because I'm usually, like, late for the party, you know, like, let's get this going, but I'm stuck in this, the country, you know, in Vermont, and I'm like, what the hell, and I just said to them, because you don't understand what I'm going through, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're all married, they all have kids, and I was always like, you know, Holly, go lightly, mm-hmm. what do you need, I'll adjust my schedules, and it was the first time, they're like, what am I doing, and I remember that moment, um, it's just like, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. What am I going oh. to do? You know, but yeah. there was, you know. Well, what made you see that then? Because I just realized I'm going to make my own light. I'm not going to go work for a company that is trying to pigeonhole me into, whether it was at that point, you know, like the reality show business or sponsorships and endorsements or management. It's like, no, I want to do all of it. And you know, with another friend, I said, let's just take a shot and let's see if we can make something of this. So Michael was a client first before we started the company. Yeah. I've got another quote, which honestly, this is when I knew I freaking think you're like the most awesome woman. Um, you said, um, so someone said, why don't you go f- and get like a big figure job, at a corporate company, you've got all the experience and you turned around and you said, if I can't bet on myself, invest in myself and believe in myself, I don't feel right going to someone else and asking for seven figures. The person that said that to me was Commissioner Roger Goodell. Oh, really? Who's one of uh, the people I speak highly of, a mentor. And it was at a Super Bowl when I was telling him what my plan was. And I remember him saying that to me. I mean, asking me that question, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? And I, and I said that, and it was funny because Michael and I were in a meeting with him a couple months ago, and I reminded that he said, reminded him that he said that to me. He goes, "You're welcome." You see how I inspired you, you know? Yeah. And I started laughing, but it was true. It was, it was, it wasn't thought out. Like I didn't. It was just kind of, again, my gut, like how I felt, and it was like I'm going to do this. That's. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks when I heard you say that because so many people like that. That's not even how my mind worked. Like. <laughs> You, Because you could have gone to pretty much any job, I'm sure, and people would have taken. You could have asked, commanded your own salary. You could have played the, it safe. But then you ended up saying, well, now I'm going to start bootstrap, start a new company. I have no idea if this is going to succeed or not. Obviously, you've got the gut feeling. Mm-hmm. But to take the chance on yourself, so many people and so many women just don't bet on themselves. We don't. No. And it's funny because so many people in my life before I did it were always like, what are you doing? Like, you need to have your own company. Mm. And I was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. That's so scary. That's so scary. And there's always a different set of fears. Like, okay, yes, like we're doing very well right now. But I mean, this morning I woke up at 4.30 in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, like we have to hire two more people. How is that going to impact everything else? And what's the overhead on that? And it's like, 
oh my gosh, this person's getting married. You know, you're just like responsible for their lives. Like we're responsible mm -hmm. for people's lives. Like what if this contract doesn't come through? How is that impacting the bottom line? You know, um, our business managers make fun of me every month because I was like, do I need not to take a draw this month? They're like, will you stop? You know, but that's just yeah. how we think. Because so. you spent your first two years, right, not taking a salary. No. <laughs> so talk to people about that because I don't think people quite grasp um, entrepreneurship to that level where you could have gone and got any job you wanted, whatever pay you wanted, and here you are bootstrapping and not taking a salary for two years, even at the caliber of way you know you were when you started the company. Mm -hmm. Like, please talk about that because people think it's easy. It was super hard, but again, I'd saved you know enough money that I had figured out I can carry my mortgage you know for two years. Um, my shoe collection was halted. You know, there was this one trip my mom and I had to go um, to her hometown in North Carolina from here. And, you know, normally she's used to me buying the two first class tickets. I'm like, we're going coach. She's like, we're what? And I said, we're going coach. I said, you know, not getting a salary. I said, I know, there's a pair of shoes that I want. And it was either, do we go first class or do I get the shoes? Oh my God, I got the I shoes. That so much. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. But you still had to consider it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Was it hard for you to make any sacrifices for Smack itself? Of course. You know, there were plenty of times where I was just like, what am I doing? You know, like couldn't go on the vacation I wanted or, you know, things like that. But I, you know, Michael and I really did see bigger things to come. We did. And this was before, you know, he got the live with Kelly and, and Michael job. Um, it was still, we were working on this one, you know, documentary that, that took years, which you don't make any money on documentary. But for us, we're like, we got this, we got this. And, you know, especially working with Michael, who had a stellar you know, football career and had all these great endorsements during his football career. But when he retired, I said, you're doing too many endorsements. They're not the right brands for you. you know, you've got to walk away from some of these. He was like, but it's a million dollar check. I said, if you don't make money, I don't make money. I'm telling you not to do it. I'm like, and I need the money way more than you need the money. Mm. And he got it. Like when you broke it down to him like that, he just got it. How do you make those decisions? Because momentary happiness, right? That million dollar check, I can go buy those shoes. Like it's so enticing. How do you stay, let's say sober, quote unquote, on looking at that bigger picture? <sighs> I think that's where a little bit of the insanity comes into play because I just look at the big picture down the road. There's been a number of non-scripted projects that come our way that we know we can get on the air, but it's nothing we would be proud of. Mm. Um, one of them was like about a man who had, I think it was seven baby mamas that all didn't know about each other. And the idea was like, a, um, what is that show, Big Brother, right? Like where everybody's in the house. Oh yeah, Big Brother, and yeah. And like put everybody in oh, the house. God. And I'm like, I can't do that. Michael's oh like, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, I know that would sell in a heartbeat. We just can't do that, mm. you know? So it hurts, you know, because we know we're leaving, you know, money on the table, but we we really truly believe in our guts that one door closes and a house is going to open. You yeah. know, it's like the right thing will, will come.
But again, it's not easy. Yeah. It's definitely not easy to make those decisions. And we, we're sounding board. You know, Michael and I talk about it. Like our senior team, we talk about it. Um, and, and you just hope it's the right decision. Right. Not everyone is right. You know, we've, we've learned some lessons, good and bad. Yeah. Which is obviously very important. Yeah. I'm glad you said earlier that when you and Michael got together, like he was not on um, the Kelly and Michael show, like this was way before. And I love that you had the vision and like you guys have really kind of come up together and developed this. And I heard you tell a story, like even now though, when you guys go to meetings together, a lot of people turn to Michael to be like the decision the maker. The decision maker. Um, how does that emotionally make you feel? Because for me, my business partner is my husband and I adore, obviously adore my husband. I am invested in my company and yet it still stings. Of course. But you know where it doesn't sting? When your name's on the paycheck. <laughs> that, that's always what I yeah. say. It's like, you know what? You want to talk to Michael? Go ahead. Because as long as my name's on, on the check you're going to mm. write us, I'm fine with it now. You know, and even he saw it. It was funny. Mm. One of the jobs that, that he landed, he presented me with this beautiful, beautiful um, Cartier big men's watch, similar to what you're wearing. And I've never received a gift like that. It was so overwhelming. But he said, I always remember, you know, you being in these meetings and you, as you can tell, I, I talk with my hands. He said, and I just wanted to see you in that meeting with this man's watch on your wrist. It's like you're pointing your finger, like going off on somebody. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know. And it's, it was interesting that he picked up on it yeah. without me even having to say something. And, you know, one thing my husband taught me, he said, the most successful leaders listen. He said, because someone's going to trip themselves up and that's when you can go in and use it in your negotiation or, or know that you don't want to be in business with these people. And I didn't learn that until I was in my 40s. You know, I wish I learned that earlier. Maybe I would have started the company a lot earlier and, you know, um, been able to be retired by now. But just kidding. I was going to say, would you retire? No. Yeah. No, I, I, I have to say that in order to get through the crazy times mentally. Okay, let's talk about that then. Why do you think that is? Because, like you, it's 24-7. We don't stop. Like, our work and our home life intersects. I love it, but it's hard to find the balance. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to just keep going and going and going, I have to pretend in my mind that, you know, the house we're building in the Caribbean is where I'm going to go open an office and, like, retire from there. Yeah. It's not going to happen anytime soon. But I just, in order to okay. keep this pace, mm. that's how I kind of get through it. Yeah. I was going to say, how do you keep this pace? Because I think you burnt out, right, at one point in your career. It's probably when I was in, in Vermont. And <laughs> that oh, was, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. It was so a that's where you went. Oh. of Vermont and... Um, you know, just not knowing what the hell I was going to do and, and figuring it out. But I think a lot of times, too, when we, we do hit that point of burnout and we don't take care of ourselves. I mean, I don't know like what people believe in God or Buddha or whoever, but I think whoever your spiritual higher being is, something will happen to you mm -hmm. that forces you. Like, I ended up getting a spinal fluid leak this summer, wow. and I was down for a month. I mean, no emails, no phone calls, like nothing. And... It made me realize, okay, I've got to take real time for myself. But it just really, in those moments, we're like, why? It's like, okay, how can I channel this? What can I learn from it? And that was for me, okay, next summer, I can take a month off because, look, you were out sick for a month. I think, as you know, when you own your own business, you're never off. Yeah. You know, my husband says that, I, you know, 
I have an affair with my iPhone because I wake up and kiss the iPhone, I go to sleep and kiss the iPhone. But when you work with people, there's no turning them off. Yeah. Did you have to ask yourself whether that was the li like, this is the life I want and I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to go down it? Or... It just happened. I yeah. mean, it's the same thing when I was managing Snoop. It was literally, I woke up, I was 40. I said, where did my 30s go? You know, like, yes, I've accomplished such great things and I've seen the world, but I need balance and I need my life. And that was when I said to him, like, I love you, but I just, I, I need to kind of figure out what my next phase is. Yeah. And that's one thing I, I do now is, it might not sound like it, but I do have better balance. Like, we have a gym in the house. I do yoga. We live at the beach. Um, mm -hmm. I do try, even if it's for a long weekend, whether you, you know you go to Cabo or to Miami or just something like, just go do something to decompress. Um, I try to get a massage every week, you know, at the house. Like it's just those kind of things for self care. See your girlfriends, you know, or, or whatever it is. Go play golf. Like just take some time for yourself because when you recharge that battery, you're better not just for your family, but you're better for your your clients, your coworkers, your colleagues, your staff. Like. It really, 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 truly makes a difference. Yeah, I used to believe that, like, go, go, go. And the second you stop, that's the second someone's going to overtake you. And so I had the mentality of work 24 hours, mm -hmm. um, every ounce of my being into it at Quest. And it ended up in massive health issues where my digestion kind of, mm -hmm. like, literally <laughs> fell apart. And I'm I've not been... laughing at your digestive issues. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's ulcers and, yeah. and the whole thing. It's no joke. And I realized how much, like set me back and so now I just remind myself all right Lisa if you don't slow down sometimes because I actually like going at a fast right. speed and that's what I want people to hear right like you seem to be on fire for what you do and that's very important so people I think need to be on fire and then go for it whether it's be a parent or be an entrepreneur or be an astronaut you know whatever it is but um I started to realize that if I want to actually do this for the rest of my life, like actually want to do it, then I also have to pay attention to the self-care, right. get the massages once a week to enable me to be able to go at that fast pace. Otherwise, it's like the engine that's kind of running on empty. Mm -hmm. You got to change the oil. Yeah. You know, you I mean, whether it's an electric car or a car that needs gas, you have to charge the car battery. You've got to put gas in the tank. Same with us. Yeah. So what's the plan for the future for Smack? Where do you see like the next one to five years? What is your goals? So our goals um, on the clothing line, we want to launch for women. So we're looking at a direct-to-consumer cool. partner because Michael's audience is more women than men, if you can imagine that now, you know, with all the different shows. How can you not doing? love him though, honestly? <laughs> what you see is what you get. Yeah. I mean, you know that. Yeah. Um, as you know, Tony and October mm -hmm. Gonzalez, those are friends and clients. So. Um, hopefully by the time this airs, Tony's going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're working with Toby on helping her launch, you know, her career and her dreams now because she put those aside to help support Tony's football career and, and raise the children. Erin Andrews, we're helping her develop a scripted line. We're helping her develop um, a female sporting um, license line um, for the NFL and some other leagues. So it's really like what dreams do they have that we can help, you know, bring them to life. We have a production, you know, business. So we've, we've done very well in the script, I mean, in the non-scripted, but now we're working and really focusing on scripted. We hired a really talented scripted executive and we're just like head down and go, 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 go. And that's another thing where Michael, 
I don't think people realize how hands-on he is mm. with the company. Um, he might not be able to physically be in a pitch meeting, but he's on the phone. He's sending emails to the executives telling them how supportive he is. And on the clothing line, every line review, he's touching fabrics and moving zippers and moving buttons around. And, and they're all like that. I mean, Deion Sanders, who um, is on camera talent, but also coaches um, his son, is now um, the high school quarterback, is a sophomore, already getting you know full-ride scholarship offers. And for us to you know be a tiny part of that and know that... Um, you know, this kid could go all the way. Like, that's exciting. We've known Shador since he was, I think, probably six years old. So it's like seeing all that happen just means so much to us. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations on everything you guys Thank are doing. You. Where can people find you, the clothing line, everything? Um, yeah, where can people go? Oh, so um, let's see. The clothing line is uh, at retail at JCPenney, or you can go to michaelstrahan.com. Uh, let's see. We've got Joker's Wild. It's on yeah. TNT and TBS right now on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday nights. So tune in for that. $100,000 Pyramid comes back this summer. Um, I need to give a big shout out to all of our guys at Fox Sports because these guys all just did NFL on Sunday, um, NFL Fox on Sunday mm -hmm. and Thursday night football. So it was wow. like a record setting 26 football games that they covered in one Whoa. season. So we're proud of all of them and want everybody to unplug and, and get some rest and gear up for next year. Amazing. And what about yourself? Any social handles? Just at Con Schwartz, C-O-N-S-C-H-W-A-R-T-Z for both Twitter and uh, Instagram. Yeah. I'm not a good awesome. poster, though. I just like looking. Yeah. I love motivational saying. And then Michael and I were kind of tossing it around. You know, I, our motto is hustle like you're broke. And so <laughs> yeah. we're like, maybe we should write a book about that. Mm -hmm. So you never know. I'd buy that book in a heartbeat. Because <laughs> okay. that's the thing. It, it really doesn't matter how much money you have, it's how much are you willing to put towards something mm -hmm. emotionally. I agree. And you also need to give back. I mean, I was lucky yeah. enough to be a mentor, the Big Brothers, Big Sisters, and my little Laura Espicia, I need to give her a shout out. Um, she's a junior at Loyola. She got a full ride scholarship through this Amazing. Big Brothers, Big Sisters program. And it was so fulfilling for me. Um, I mean, obviously it worked out for her to, to get a full ride, but for me to be a small part of, you know, I met her when she was 15, 16 years old and help her through the process and, and make this happen and see what's happening with her now. I just, I smile and I'm just so proud of her. So I always say mentor, mentor, mentor. Like it's so important that people take the time yeah. to give back. We can all write a check, but your time is so valuable. And I think that's really important for all of us. So true, so true. Right, and now for my last question, uh -oh. what do you consider your superpower to be? <sighs> okay, um, so another woman who I greatly admire, Asani Swan, who runs Carmelo Anthony's mm. company, authenticity is her superpower. And when I heard her say that, I was like, that's my superpower mm. too. So I need to give her credit because okay. I heard her say it first. But I would say authenticity is my superpower. You have to be yourself. You have to be yourself. Yeah. Good or bad. Take yeah. it or leave it. Thank you, my dear. Thank you so much oh gosh, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Guys, I'm, I've had the fortunate experience to be with this woman off camera, and she is so inspiring to me. What she has accomplished really does set the bar high, not just for a woman, but for a human being. Um, the, as hard as she's 
willing and committed to work really does show and pay off and I can only say hopefully you guys have been inspired like I have today she is absolutely incredible I'm so excited to see what her and Michael are about to do in the future I'm going to be watching very closely and I'm so honored for her to have come on the show today so guys please do go check out her stuff everything her and Michael are doing her company smack is amazing and that's s-m-a-c <laughs> but go check them out and if you're not following me follow me at Lisa Billu and if you're not subscribed here click that little subscribe button down below and until next time guys go be the superhero of your own life peace out peace out